0: And welcome to the Catholic Man Show, we're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles and Juan Posada in the Phoenix Airport. In the airport, first time to do a Catholic Man show in the airport. As you
1: know, we we appreciate firsts.
0: I was trying to convince Dave to do the to do the show on the airplane.
1: On the airplane, that well, would have been a little crazy. It depends on who we were sitting by. You know who is it? Be
0: awesome if we were sitting next to an atheist and he had to listen to the whole. Who's
1: thing. around us? You know. Uh, Maybe, someday. Someday it could take place. The God Catholic, willing. God willing. Catholic man three at uh, thirty five thousand feet in yeah. the air. <laughs> so uh, we are at some restaurant bar here in the in the Phoenix airport, waiting for our flight. We're actually kind of cutting it close.
0: Yes, to try to record this. So I we're gonna we have enough time to crank out forty eight minutes of
1: content and then quickly jump on the plane.
0: Right. I am leaving for uh, Houston, right after when I, when we get back, and so I won't have time to record. And so Dave and I, after the conference, we were so focused on the uh, Catholic Men's Fellowship of Phoenix conference that we, Dave, on the way up here, was like, "So uh, when are we going to record our episode?" And I had not even thought about like it had, what episode. Yeah, I had not even crossed my mind. And so we were like, "Well, we're going to have to squeeze this in, but it's going to work out. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be okay." The Phoenix Men's Conference was. Awesome! Yeah. It was so much fun. We had a great time MC, Our fourth time to MC. We, yeah. got, we got the jackets. We did
1: get green jackets and gold bracelets. It was awesome.
0: Tell, tell them about the promo. Yeah,
1: so they asked us to make some short videos that they could play before the conference began to get people to sit down. And in one of those videos, we just made a joke about, it's our fourth year. Isn't, you know, your fourth year, isn't that the green? Don't you get, like, a green jacket on your fourth year or something? You know, because... On different anniversaries, you know, like there's like the, the diamond anniversary. The, there's even a, a paper anniversary. I did uh, not know that one. Yeah, I think there's all kinds of ones that you, you don't know. Okay. Um, and so we were just making a joke about getting green jackets or maybe a gold bracelet. So when we showed up to the conference, they did have green jackets and these gaudy uh, plastic gold bracelets
0: for us to wear. It was awesome. It was hilarious. We had a chance to interview a lot of awesome, awesome guests yeah. uh, while we were there, uh, Bishop Olmstead, yeah. which was so awesome. The full, uh, all these full interviews are going to be available to our patrons. Uh-huh. Um, so y- if you want to become a, a patron and support the Catholic Man Show, you can go to Patreon.com/CatholicManShow. Yeah, we,
1: we got over an hour of content from just people, and
0: there are just so many incredible priests just there in the Phoenix, there in, in, in the so Phoenix blessed. diocese. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so we had uh, Father John Hollowell as well, who was a guest at the conference. We, we got a chance to talk to him. Uh, Father Paul Sullivan, Father John Parks. Which Father John Parks is he not hilarious? He is. He is probably the funniest guy I've ever met.
1: And, and he is quick. He and is, quick. is just a a dynamite priest. I mean, like he is an incredible speaker. He is the director of evangelization for the Diocese of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Incredibly smart. You can just tell, like, under the uh, this just joyful, hilarious personality is a, uh, a deep intellect as well. Because some of the, the things that he says and the jokes are just so profound. I was telling you that almost everything he says is insightful. Mm-hmm. Everything I hear him say, I, I say to myself, wow, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. You know, which is hard to do to just have so much insight. But it's like, man, that guy's awesome. Yeah. Father John Parks. John? Is it John? Yeah. Father John
0: Parks. Yep. Yeah. We're going to try to get him out into Tulsa at some point. I hope so. Because he is a blessing. And he's such a great speaker. I was, he he gave the homily at at the Mass at at Phoenix, and I tried to count how many times he said "Uh," uh, or um, or stumbled. Zero. He get zero times in his homily. Yeah, it was really good. I so cannot do that. I cannot either. I cannot Obviously. even come close to doing that. So the the conference is phenomenal. The interviews we have are all going to be available to our patrons. Yep, we'll, we'll put a little bit of clips out there for everybody, so that way you can get a little taste of of, of what the interview was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're headed back home.
1: Yeah, and so we're that brings us to here. We're sitting here. I don't even remember the. Name of this place. We're sitting here in Terminal D of the Phoenix Phoenix Airport, Airport. waiting to hop on our Southwest flight. And we're drinking some Santan Moon Juice IPA. And let me tell you, we just saw that it was, if the word juice and IPA appear together in a beer, I'll typically order it. And I think, Adam, you had the same instinct. Yep. Uh, Just because juicy IPAs are Awesome! I love them. Some people don't like them. I know, I and mean, I don't understand that. Some people don't like the bitter, but these to me, it's like this isn't. They're still bitter, but they're. not. I guess the the bitter is there, but it, to me, it's just not what I notice because the juicy right flavor is what catches. That's what I pay attention to. You know what I mean? Right. But it is awesome.
0: It is really good. So, also, I think it probably has to do with it. We've been on Exodus ninety and we ha- we don't we haven't been drinking any beer, so beer is gonna taste yeah. a little bit better.
1: Yeah. It is Sunday. Yes. So uh, we do get to relax disciplines today. But also we uh, make an exception for The Catholic mansion. The work the, work, we the ha- work guys, we have to
0: work. It's the work. It's work to do the show. Yeah. So who is your so who's your favorite speaker? Well, I'd have to say
1: Bishop Olmstead, but that's kind of like, all right, aside, obviously, it's obviously, like, obviously who's your favorite Saint Mary. Right. Okay, uh, okay. aside from Mary. Obviously. You know, like, if you could go back in time and, ha- see, you know, spend time with one person, who would it be besides Jesus, okay? like What's your favorite book
0: besides the Bible? Yeah, right,
1: exactly. Even though, like, that's, like, really, the Bible's your favorite book. I mean, I would love to be able to say that personally, but, like, but I, f- I kind of feel obligated to, like, oh, that's my favorite book because I'm a Christian. But it's, just honestly, like, is, if, if I think about what book did I read that I enjoyed the most, it's not the Bible. It should be. Yes. But you it's more important. I value the Bible more than other books, but it wasn't, like, the most captivating story I've ever read. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so aside from Bishop Olmstead, Father Parks gave a talk on The Mass Explained, and it was just awesome. Yeah. I didn't get to hear all of the talks, though. So, um, I didn't get to hear Father Hollowell's um, talk that he gave. He gave a, a kind of a twenty-minute talk, and I just didn't get to hear it because we were recording
0: with, with Father Paul uh, Father Paul. Yeah. yeah so, um, one of the things that stood out to me about the conference is that they had an opportunity for Q and A throughout yeah. the day. All the audience had a chance to submit questions. That they they would have, and the, the we had a panel of two priests and two laity, and Jonathan Reyes is that how you say his last name? I think so. Uh, nailed it out of the he was on the panel, and he, the answers he gave were phenomenal. I mean, they were like he hit it out of the park. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they were really he really impressed me, but also just the the, the quality of questions that yeah. were asked by by the people in the by the people attending the conference. I really realized. Man, These yeah. There
1: were some major themes. Mm-hmm. The the by far the most popular co- uh, question, like genre of question, was about um, oversight in the church, uh, scandal, and uh, just the worthlessness of the USCCB. That's. I mean, those are the questions. Right. That, the That's the number one question.
0: Not what we're saying. That's just what the question. Was. Right.
1: I mean, I'm not. A huge fan of the USCCB. I mean, I'd, right. I'd be totally fine if they just went away. Right. Just stop what you're doing, go home, and do something different. I take care of your diocese. Right. But. but, um, and there's only so many. But that kind of question, there's only so many that you can really in right. a Q and A session. It's like, yep, yeah, okay, because they're kind of they end up all
0: being the same answer. Right. But uh, some of the other questions were about you know uh, being able like. What kind of blessings should I be doing uh, for my children at the end of the night? Or yeah. how do I how do I uh, form brotherhood? How do I get men together? How do I revitalize men in in the parish and have them take their faith seriously? Right. And so that's what I thought. That's what struck me is that the men there are striving to evangelize and they're wanting to know what are the most effective ways to make this happen. How can I yeah. how can I reach these guys? Because they're yearning for something, and I'm just not. Maybe I'm not being able to reach out to them or, mm-hmm. effectively. Or, yeah.
1: or, I think my favorite question was, "How do I get guys in my parish more motivated and enthusiastic to take their faith seriously?" And, and I like that question because it's clearly coming from a person who understands
0: the what need it means,
1: of yeah, in the church, what it means to have Christ as the center of your life you know right he under the, whoever asked that question understands the motivation understands the the importance and he, how do i share that with somebody else it's, that is a very difficult mm-hmm. thing cuz you know with evangelization you're asking someone to walk a difficult road with you mm-hmm. and they just they have to believe you that it's going to be worth
0: the trial right and whenever you know that you have something that's so valuable mm-hmm. and that it's it, it's available to everybody else, but some people are just don't even know that it's there. Right. They don't even know that they have this this thing of value, This the faith, the church, is available to them. Yeah. Uh, they don't know that it's there. And so it's like, man, I, I, I know what it is. I got to share it with you. Yeah. How do I effectively do that to where you realize that this is such a, a, a gift? hmm So that's what I really loved about it is that, that these men were taking it seriously, taking the role of of discipleship seriously and wanting to know how to be a better disciple. And I think that goes to show, I think that's a testament to the the, the priests in the diocese. Obviously, it starts with the bishop and then the priests. uh, I mean, they are forming these men to do exactly what they're supposed to do, which is uh, go out and make disciples of men. That's right. Well, we got to take a break. We'll be right
1: back. This is the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Juan
0: Posada uh, at the Phoenix Airport. Juan did a great job at the the conference as well. Yeah. Uh, We didn't give him props, but he, he was there. He helped. All edit all the. You audio. were helping produce the whole con, like yeah. the conference audio. His his, pr- his production skills are going straight. you
1: are really moving up in the world, my friend. Don't hey, don't yeah. forget us. Cheers. Yeah, when you when you make it big, don't forget the little people like yeah, us. Like us.
0: Remember who got you the start in the biz.
1: Yeah, it was us. Just don't don't leave us behind, okay? Yeah. So we're I mean, just don't forget about us when you do leave us behind. That's really what. That's it is. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's more accurate. So. We're going to jump right into the the topic today. There's okay. uh, an article that I wanted to Manger discuss. Man for today is a uh, Boeing 737. Everybody should have one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there was a there was a an article that was sent to us by a deacon in the diocese of Tulsa, Deacon Tim Sullivan, mm-hmm. who sent it to us. Yeah. And it really, really good sp- article. It was a really good article. It was it's called the role the role of father, the role of the father according to exorcists. Yeah, is there an author? Yes, it was is from a book as well. Hold on, let me let me pull that up. Let me pull up the book because that way they can. Uh, it's called "Slaying Dragons: What Exorcists See and What We Should Know." Yeah. Uh, so the article is is specifically geared towards the role of the father according to exorcists, and they give fifteen points of what the role of a father in the domestic house should look like. Yeah, and
1: personally, I take the, um, advice or the opinions of exorcists very seriously, because for them, they live in a world that there's no question about the reality of evil. Mm -hmm. They, they see it every day, you know? And so when they are saying, Hey, this is, this is what you should be doing and this is how you should exercise your authority as a father. It's because they know this is what you should be doing. You know, right. they can see the effects of um, those behaviors. Whatever it is that they're telling you, they can see how that affects the, what they're doing in exorcisms. You know, and how because uh, one of the things about an exorcism is uh, when you're exercising a demon, you, you need to get its name. You get mm-hmm. the name of the demon and you, you, you try to find authority. out what it was what is the cause of the possession you know if, if we're talking about a full blown possession there's also uh, there's oppression. other types of extraordinary um, influenced by by, uh, by the demonic influence yeah, by the demonic spirits like oppression and obsession right um, but if you're just talking about a possession, you find out why did this happen and what is the name. If you get the name of the demon, now you have some sort of authority over it and you can more easily cast it out. But for them, you know, they're finding out, oh, this is what you did. And after years of doing this, you come to understand how authority works, how it God has ordained the hierarchy of authority and... You can you know apply those rules to the to your life because it really it almost everything comes back to authority. Whether you're talking about apologetics, mm-hmm. it's always the question of authority. Either the church has authority to teach what she does or she doesn't. Right. And even when you're talking about the, the home, um, or you know, uh, like, uh, demonic influences, spiritual warfare, kind of which is bleeds over. You know, either the father has authority over his children, mm-hmm. or he doesn't. So, um, anyway, that's kind of a long explanation, but I think it was necessary. Yeah, when when an exorcist says stuff like this, especially one that's experienced, it's worth listening to.
0: Right, and even Bishop Olmsted at the conference today, he was, or yesterday, he was talking about. You know, we're in a war. We're in a spiritual a spiritual war. And if you don't think you're in the war, then you've already lost. Yeah. And he even he said something to the effect of, "He said, the Lord, our, our God, has a plan for you." But so does the devil. Yeah. So whose path? Are you, whose path are you going to follow? Yeah,
1: yeah. So he just put out a video. There's a new Into the Breach video um, that was the world premiere this last uh, weekend at the conference. So you might be able to find it on online now. Uh, the Knights of Columbus are doing like a, a series, twelve part, a series twelve part series of Into the Breach for men, um, expounding on the Into the Breach. So uh go ahead and look that up. But yeah, the the line from the video was that God has a plan for your life, but Satan also has a plan for your life. And who whose plan are you gonna follow? Right. So let let's get let's get into the so, uh the, So what once again points. these are
0: uh role what 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 are these? The f- it's called the, the the Role of the Father, According to Exorcist. Okay, the, the roles
1: roles of the Father.
0: Yeah, and the, the website is theslangdragonsbook.com. Okay. So you can look, theslangdragonsbook.com. So the first thing he says, which, I, I mean, it's obvious once you read it. It may not be. You may think, like, the first point going to be all these, like, okay, here's how, you know, here's how you help your family. Here's how you protect your family. You know, something that you do for other people. But obviously, whenever you... The first bullet point that he says is living in a state of grace. So yeah. before you can help other people, you have to you, you have to be in, in, in a state of grace. Before yeah. you can help your family, you have to be in a state of grace. So it says, the first effort as the head of the family is to be the spiritual beacon and light which points every other member to our Lord and his holy church. So by a life free of mortal sin and prompt recourse to the sacrament of reconciliation, the Father will emanate the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ to his family, both actually since the grace resides within him and by example, since he will daily grow in holiness into the image of Christ.
1: Yeah. So what we need to remind, what we need to remember is that in the the realm of spiritual warfare, a temptation or what you can kind of accidentally slip into a mindset of is thinking that I am the one by my own actions you know, because I am blessing my children, because I am putting, you know, using blessed salt or whatever it is, that it's me that's doing something. And we don't do anything. We don't have the power to do anything. It's only by cooperating and submitting ourselves to Christ and his authority that we can have any effect in, in spiritual warfare. So this this is, the, of course, the number the one thing, because remaining in a state of grace
0: is... The number one spiritual warfare weapon, right? Uh, because and it's the same way with priests. It's not like the priests do it. It's always Jesus through the priest. right? You know, so it's not like the priest has the power to forgive no, it, sins. You're right, exactly. So it's the same thing as I mean, the priest. He does of our have home. the power to forgive sins, but, but because only, Christ gave it only to them, th- right? Yeah, exactly.
1: So, um, but we need to remember that it's an act of submission that we are really getting out of the way and relying on Christ to do the work for us. That's what's important about staying in a state of grace. You know, It's not something that I'm doing. I'm really just staying as close to him as
0: possible. Right. That's why it's effective. And I think also, we've said this before on the show, but it's worth saying again, having your kids see you go into confession yeah. is something that has... I mean, one of our intros is Father Jonathan Meyer saying, if you want to be a good father, take your kids to confession with you. Mm-hmm. You know, ha- seeing... Having your kids see that you you know, they know that you've done something wrong and you're going to ask for forgiveness. You're man enough to say, I've done something wrong and I'm seeking Christ's mercy. Mm-hmm. It's the example that you have to set.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the same thing goes for other things. Like they should see you pray. Right. They should see, you should be demonstrating the scope of your spiritual life. To well, them.
0: And, and some of these will go into that. Okay. So yeah. Let's go into another two. I don't want to jump the gun. Yeah. Number two is shutting the gates against demons who may enter by means of the father is number yes. two. Yeah. Uh, the father of the family is the shepherd and the gatekeeper of his little flock. He, in his own person, plays a big role in the protecting the family from diabolical influences. As the primary authority in the family, he, uh, if he opens the door to demonic influences, that demon has permission to harass the rest of the family as well. Yeah. So it goes back to what you were saying at the very beginning. It has to do with authority. He's the gatekeeper. If you if you give up your authority, Mm -hmm. uh, now the demons have. Now it's a playground for them. Yeah. And guess what? His playground is your your family. Yeah. Your wife and your kids. Right. Uh, A a book I would recommend. It's an
1: easy, short read. is called "Struck by Lightning." Um, It's about a lady in Colombia. I think is that right, Juan? Yeah, Colombia. Who got struck by lightning and. Anyway, the book, she has documented miracles that happened to her about how her leg was, like, fried, and it grew back and stuff. But um, in there, she talks about—she has a near-death experience, and the Lord showed her her father. And how when her when her father and her mother got married, you know, God gave his the her father, like, a staff. It's symbolic, you know, in, in this vision she has. And how her dad um, was a loving dad, but was also—he would sleep around, you know, as just kind of like—he was— machismo kind of guy and he gave god showed her how he gave his the staff of authority to satan and how that allowed satan and the and demons to uh influence them as children And, and it's anyway it's a short read and it's very powerful Struck by lightning.
0: Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, opening the doors, it says these doors can be opened through, among other things, mortal sins committed by the father. Mm-hmm. So that's again, it goes back to number one: you have to remain in the state of the grace. And if you fall from the state of grace, get to get your butt to confession immediately.
1: Right. Yeah, because the sins of the father affect the children. I mean, it's, it's just like um, original sin. Right. I mean, the, sin has. A, it's community, and there's no community more integral than the family. So, if if you as the father struggle with certain sins, then those sins might, um, are more, those temptations can more easily pass to your children. Now, I'm not saying that to pass to say blame. It's like, oh, a lot of men struggle with pornography, right. with an addiction to pornography. Now, that doesn't mean that it's your fault that kid, you know, like. Your kids are gonna get an addiction to pornography, and it's your fault. That's not what I'm saying. But if you let that struggle win, I mean, if you if you, that's your problem and you you're not seeking and, and, you and you fall to that and you fault that, then you must immediately seek the sacrament of forgiveness. Right. And that then now you're doing your role as the father. Anyway, we'll pick this back up um, on the other side of the break. On yeah. the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show, sitting here in the Phoenix Airport, heading back to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're talking about uh, roles of the Father according to and according to Exorcist, we're, we're pulling this from a website called the theslayingdragonsbook.com. Uh, we talked about the first two, which were living in the state of grace and shutting the gates against demons who may enter by the means of the Father. Number three is—I'm going to jump right into it, if that's okay, Dave. Yeah. Uh, number three is blessing the family daily. Yes. And that's, that's actually a super easy thing to do. It is. I mean, at the end of the night, before, when you're saying your prayers with your kids— it's a very easy. Make the sign of the cross over their forehead and say, may the Lord bless you. Or, you know, I always say, uh, may God bless you. And may you always stay in the protection of our Heavenly Mother. Amen. That's yeah. what I say.
1: Yeah, there's not like anything, uh, you, you, you know, you can just pray a blessing over your children. I do this a lot, especially when my children are young, when they're infants. You know, you'll, you'll have those moments where you're just holding them as a baby. And mm-hmm. it is just, you know, just there's just something lovely about right. holding uh a, your own child in your arms and maybe they're sleeping and i'll just put my hand on their head and i'll say a prayer for them you know something like lord please give this son of mine or this daughter of mine uh, a heart after yourself give them you know, patience give them virtue help them pursue you first you know it just whatever it is that you feel moved to say but there's not like a formula you have to follow. I just say, God bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Trace, And I trace the the sign of the cross on their forehead. But if you have kids who are a little older, um, you might feel a little awkward doing this. Like if you have a 13-year-old son mm-hmm. and you've never done this before, you might be hesitant because it's like, oh, he might think that's, you know, is this going to be awkward? Just do it. Right. Just say, hey, you know what? Uh I just realized, I I learned something, I can give you a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and you should be doing that. I bless my kids every night, um, every morning, if they're awake, before I leave. And the same for my wife. I bless her every night and every
0: morning. Basically, if I leave the house, I give them one. Mm -hmm. Right. And it says that, you know, the blessing of the Father brings real protection and peace to his flock. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, obviously, uh, keeping in order and and keeping peace within the family is is what's going to help you grow in, in faith and in, in the love of of Christ. Right. right. And so by administering that, you're going to help do that.
1: And this is really something that is your job as the dad. You have been given this authority, spiritual and natural authority over your children. Why do you think you have it?
0: Right. It's so you can use use it. it. Right.
1: If you're not blessing your children, you, you have this gift that you're just not even using. Right. You know, because this is the fullest expression of the spiritual authority over your wife and children is when you give them a blessing. Mm -hmm. So it's something that we should be wielding. It's a power we should wield. It's been given to us by God. And um, it's, you know, like at our judgment, if something we're not doing, um, we might be held to account for not failing to bless. I know that there have been priests who have had near-death experiences who have been... um, reproached by God for not blessing the, their flock, for wow. failing to offer blessings to their flock. Um, so as a dad, your flock is your children and your wife. We've got to be doing it.
0: Yep. Number four, ensuring the home is blessed. That's a good one. That's yeah. one I have not done this year yet for 2020. I was supposed to on an epiphany and mm. the week of epiphany. I have not got my house blessed this year. Yeah. Have you?
1: I have not. I had it blessed when I moved in. Right, um,
0: and I, I typically have it blessed every year.
1: Yeah, that's a good thing to do. You don't have to do it, but it certainly is good. I think, especially if you have teenage children, it becomes more and more important to use. But yeah. you don't have to have a priest do it. You can do. You can ask God to bless. You have authority over your wife, kids, and your possessions. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't bless your house in the same way a priest can bless your house, but you can ask God to bless it, um, and you can also use things like. Uh, Blessed salts, you know, and that that will have that that w- that's good. That's a good thing to do too. Um, you can do the the chalk on a on the Feast of Epiphany. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can do that yourself. It's still better. Ideal, ideally, you have a priest come do it.
0: Right. But, I mean, the sacramentals of the church are there for our spiritual and material good, and are instituted by the church, which are which. With the authority given by, by Christ. I mean, the reason why it's there, like you said just a minute ago, the re- like Christ gave it to us, use it. Right. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's there for our benefit, so you should exactly. use it. Okay, so number five, utilizing and teaching about, about all the sacramentals, especially, especially to your kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's important. It's so awesome to see. Uh, little kids with scapulars on I think that 's so cool yeah you know most of the time the scapulars are way too big for them like, it almost the scapular almost goes down to their belly button you know it's like, yeah. it 's like but it 's just so cute to see
1: and you know why do they th- why do you think they do that because they see their parents do it
0: right absolutely okay i 'm going to keep moving because we have a lot to go over you okay gotta, uh, unless you have anything else you want to say about that no 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 okay
1: oh I do actually um, if you are if you say like oh i don 't know much about sacramentals go to catholicsacramentals.com. sacramentals com org Dot .org, Thank you. Catholic Sacramentals.org. And uh, a buddy of ours runs this website. He has on there all about sacramentals, what they are, how to use them. Um, and so that you can get some great educational resources about sacramentals. Um, because the, the topic of sacramentals is, is fairly broad. Mm-hmm. The, sa- the sign of the cross is a sacramental.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but typically, when you say sacramentals, you, we're talking about blessed items. Um, and how to treat them, how to dispose of them.
0: Right. So, org. Okay. Number six, it says, ensuring the quick acqu- acquisition of all the sacraments. So, meaning, yeah. you know, don't don't wait a long time, an excessively long time to get your kids baptized. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't let your kids go, you know, to 10, 11, 12 years old before they get, you know, have their first confession and, you know. Yeah, ma- first communion. yeah first communion. You know, make sure that your kids are going and living a sacramental life. Right, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, and, and I think the thing that that happens the most with is baptism. People will often wait months and months mm-hmm. um, to get their kids baptized. There's no, there's no uh, instruction by the church on when to baptize them. You're just supposed to have them baptized soon, mm-hmm. right? But it's like if you're waiting six months, unless there's a reason that you're doing that, and I can't think of a real personally this is just my own opinion i can't think of a good reason to wait six months to baptize your kid you might say oh well so and so will be in town like if you're waiting six months for your family look they're just not going to be there right that that's what i would do if it was me and it's like oh we have one of my cousins or sister even a brother or sister they're coming in you know they live in a far away they'll be here in six months let's wait no i'm not gonna wait my kid's gonna be baptized and it's more important for them to be baptized than for anybody to be present mm-hmm. at their baptism. Right.
0: Okay. Number seven is using the binding prayer personally and over the family as needed or discerned. Binding prayers are something that we should have a full top. I mean, that's a full topic. Yeah, I agree. We should have we should have a, a whole top, you know, a whole show on binding yeah. prayers. Father Sean Donovan would be perfect as a guest for yeah. that.
1: Yeah, and it's I think it's something that's of all the spiritual warfare stuff binding prayers are probably the most misunderstood. Uh, I think a lot of people just don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just... I think that's an area that you have to understand what it is that you're doing and who it is that's doing it. Because when you say a binding prayer, you don't bind anything. You only ask
0: Jesus to bind something. In fact... um, Let me read this real quick. I think it's it's good. It says... uh, the binding prayer should be utilized by the father against every temptation that he personally experiences and against any sinful inclination or suspected temptation that he observes in the family uh, observes in the members of his family mm. so again i think that i mean that's using these prayers on a regular basis uh, trains the intellect and the will to notice diabolical attacks and resist and renounce those attacks yeah so again it, it goes back to training you know this is a virtuous thing you know to train your mind to get into these habits of realizing yeah. reality around you like what yeah. is actually happening around you yeah and that's something that I need to do more just because like you sometimes
1: you just don't think oh I guess I could pray for that right you know that's sometimes that happens where it's like, oh, my kids are struggling with this temptation, you know, or talking back or envy. Like one thing I see some my middle daughter Mary, she you know, she's 3, she'll compare herself now to Elizabeth her older sister. If oh, Elizabeth yeah. gets in trouble for something, Mary will say, I, I didn't do that. Right. You know, or did I, she'll say, did I get as much as she did? It's a, you know, it's a natural Little kid thing to do between siblings, but you know that's something I could pray about. Uh, right. That this temptation towards envy, I guess, is would it, you mm-hmm. know um, that she, they would all be we would all of us would be shielded from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but with with binding prayers, priests say a different version. There might be a one binding prayer, like the Auxilium Christianorum. There's binding prayers mm-hmm. as part of the daily. Uh, Prayers. There's a different version that the priests say than what the laymen say because the priest says, I bind blank. Right. Whereas the laymen say, I ask you, talking to Jesus, I ask you to bind Mm -hmm. blank. Because once again, we don't have spiritual, we don't have priestly authority. Right. Um, And so it's just a little bit different.
0: Um, So binding prayer is just something you should look into. Next one, it says, blessing objects that enter the home. I think that's kind of it kind of goes back to like sacramentals as yeah. well, so either having them blessed by a priest or once again, you as the father can anybody who owns something if it's your possession, you can ask for it to be blessed by god here's the next one i'm I'm interested to get your your thoughts on it says number nine is discerning all objects that enter the home, and I think that's something that you know. It would be a tough thing to do. I can, I could see, you know, maybe friends that you've had, you, you had a long time ago that you haven't seen in a long time. They fly in to come visit you or something like that. Now their kids are bringing in iPads or, you know, something that, you know, is normal to them and may not be a bad, uh, you know, intrinsically evil or anything like that, but could end up potentially causing harm to your kids. Meaning you don't know what they're looking at on the iPad. You don't know, right. you know, what what they're viewing you don't know if some of the cartoons maybe that they are uh you know that they are watching
1: yeah yeah Um, let's let's pick this that up on the other side of the break yeah Uh, because i do think that's becoming more and more of an issue for families
0: yeah okay we'll be right back
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Anna, Juan Posada. Phoenix Airport, Terminal D. Our plane is now beginning to board, so hopefully we can get this... Uh, we'll be fine. ...knocked out, yeah. We'll I
0: know I'm boarding Group C, so... So am I. Juan's the only one that's in yeah. A, so one, one may be in trouble.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, you were asking about discerning objects that enter the home. Man, this is tough. And this is where I think stuff like this is where you really have to know where you stand. As a dad, you have to have
0: made these decisions ahead of time. I was just about to say, you have to have these conversations with your wife ahead of time so you guys are both on the same page, yes. and you also have her back. like She's backing you up on these things because if there's friends or family members that are coming in, you don't want to be the you know necessarily the bad guy. But if you both are saying, you know, just let you know when we come... Here's a perfect example. There's a uh, a family member of ours who is not married, but they're cohabitating together. They came to stay at our house. Mm-hmm. And I said, "We'd love to have you. We want you to come over." Yeah. Just let you know ahead of, you know, this is ahead of time before they even came. When you guys get here, you guys will be sleeping in separate rooms. Right. That way that it is set they they understand the expectations. They understand where I stand and and I want them to be there. I want you to come. We're making dinner. We're having all this fun stuff together. Right. Yeah. But just to let you know, this is what's going to happen. And with
1: stuff like that, um, they should expect to play. You know, someone as a as a guest, if a guest is coming to your house, they should expect to follow uh, by understand ru- your rules for your house. Right. Okay. Um, but you, as the host, should make those rules clear before you're walking upstairs. You know, like right. like oh, let me take you to show you your rooms. And you know, like they didn't know that that was going to be the case. It's like, oh, we packed in one suitcase. You know, like, just to avoid... It makes it way better if you say it ahead of time. But, like, let's say uh, you have a family, you know, that's coming over. You know, your kids are getting older. uh, Your sister or whoever is coming over with their kids. And their kids all have iPads.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one, man. You know,
1: like, and they... Like I know plenty of families who, their kids travel with iPads. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's, I have some cousins who, when we get together for Christmas, their kids show up. They all have, like, the Nintendo, we're at grandma's house for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And their kids are all in the other room with playing. their Nintendo Switch and with iPads and playing games, you know. And it's like, it drives me crazy. But mm-hmm. um, are you going to allow, maybe you don't allow iPads in your house. Right, and I think that's for good. There's plenty of good reason not to let your eight-year-olds have uh, internet-connected device. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is the rules that you're going to set? You have to discern, um, because it doesn't matter what the intent is behind the iPad; it still could be a gateway to devastating evil. Right. I mean, that that is the reason why the first exposure to pornography is getting younger and younger and younger because children have access are being be given it. these devices at, you know, five years old. Right. You know, it's only a matter of time before something happens with it, you know, yeah. and they're going to know how to use those devices better than you will.
0: It's so funny. Ten years ago, I would have never thought that we'd be saying things like this. I feel like we're kind of the old yeah, man, get, like, I am
1: getting crotchety when it comes to technology and, and my, my children. But you, the thing is, you have to decide that ahead of time. Because if they just show up and they have iPads and you haven't said, like, this is what would happen to me. If I haven't made a decision about it, I would kind of, like, panic in the moment and be like, oh, uh, you know, and right. not know what to do. And then end up just, you know, being nice. Right. Like, oh, well, they brought them. Uh, and because i haven 't made that decision i don 't have a stance right i i, I don 't know i 'm not prepared you know so we have to be ready for those kind of decisions decide it 's your home mm-hmm. they 're your kids mm-hmm. and even if that means you, you know your family doesn 't come over
0: it 's that's, that is your decision. The next one, we're, I'm going to kind of gloss over because we've already kind of talked about it. But it says A blocking all evil music and te- or television or toys yeah. that enter the home. That kind of piggybacks off of what yeah, we've there's been so talking many about. Terrible ideas in yeah. music. Uh, the next one is ensuring proper communication and forgiveness in the home, mm. which is again kind of like what we were just talking about. You have to make sure that every, like your family is on the same page. They understand where the, where the, the boundaries are. And when somebody goes past those boundaries, that they see that mom or dad is open, with open arms, what ready to forgive them if they're sorry. Right. Or if, you know, maybe you said something to your wife that was not as charitable as possible Mm -hmm. to uh, publicly in front of everybody say, you know, honey, I'm really sorry that I, I spoke to you that way. You deserve better than that, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm sorry for that. Probably
1: the most common one is you get on to one of your children because you think they were the culprit behind something that happened. Mm. And even though, like, because those are your instincts, right. and they might be right 99% of the time. But every now and then, oh, you didn't, do, I'm sorry. Like, you realize, I got you in trouble for that, and it really was your brother like, or sister. Like Jude and
0: Elizabeth. <coughs> yes. Like, so, uh, a while back ago, Elizabeth was teething. Yeah, Elizabeth was teething, teething and she started crying. There was a, she just like
1: started. She just started crying, like, like a lot of crying, all of, like out of nowhere. Just started right. crying, and, did she, and say, she was sitting right next to Jude, and she, and she say, said, "She
0: Jude said Jude, Jude hit, me. hit hit her or something." Right, and I had been telling Jude like listen we do not hit girl. we don't hit period but we right. definitely do not hit girls and man I wore him like uh, I, yeah. I got onto him big
1: time and then we got home and I was like talking to her more and she said oh no it was just my teeth are hurting and I went oh my gosh yeah and I text you I was like hey bro yeah. uh, <laughs> Jude didn't actually you might lay it, off right. Jude a little bit <laughs> I just I have some information here yeah
0: so I had to, I had to apologize, apologize to him. Apologize to him, And yeah. I, not only did I apologize, but I, I tried to make it up to him. He and I had a, a day together yeah. afterwards to say like, That's great. I told him, yeah. like, listen, I'm really sorry. That's yeah. so important
1: for your kids to see you apologize. Because sometimes, you know, you ask your kids to say sorry, and they're like, sorry. But a lot of it is like they just don't know what an authentic apology looks like. Right. Right. Um, or how to even accept an
0: apology. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, so those are, it goes both ways. Yeah. Let's go to the next one. Ensuring in the home the knowledge of and obedience to all teachings of the church. And this goes back to what we talked about with Father Gregory Absolutely. Pine a long time ago, yep. the virtue of, of, of knowledge and, and studiosity. Is that right? studio St- studi- studiositas. Studiositas. I think that's what it was in Latin. But it, it's... It's, you know, the responsibility of the father to make sure, if you're the leader of the family, if you're the one who's, who's in charge of getting your kids to heaven, leading your kids yep. to heaven, yep. you need to, in order to do that, you need to know what the church teaches. Yeah. You know, and it's your responsibility. And the, the idea of, oh, I wasn't aware the church taught that, uh, you know, at, at some point you can't use that excuse. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you really don't know
0: that's that's then, one thing, but right. if you're not reading the Catechism or something like that it,
1: you're kind of to, being intentionally ignorant
0: to try not to know exactly what the church teaches that's not yeah you know, or if you're a hear, leader
1: if you hear stuff and you like, oh that's not like oh abstaining from meat on Friday is not that big of a deal well actually the church re- r- the church requires it of you or some penance or yeah or if you're not going to abstain from meat, you need to be doing some other form of penance yeah on a Friday right. um, but like that's your job right. That is your job because you set you set the rules. Like in our house, I will sometimes t- you know just remind people: look, we're Catholic. That and so be, and that's in this house. As for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. Right, and I, it's my house. Right, I I also tell my children that: like, see all of this stuff, it's mine. They, like they'll tell you, I'll tell them anyway. Your toys, they're all mine. Everything that you own is mine. Because mm-hmm. they'll argue. It's like, she took my toy. And it's like, no. That toy belongs to me. And I am sharing it with you. You know, I just want everybody, everyone in this house to know that I own it all. Mm-hmm. It's mine. Mm-hmm. Okay? I provide everything for you. The clothes you wear, I gave them to you. The food you eat, that was mine too. Mm-hmm. And I share it with you because I love you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that way, just... We're setting the ground rules
0: for who's in charge. Okay, we only have a couple more. Ensuring proper Catholic cultural and liturgical celebrations throughout the year. That's a fun one. That's so, I mean, that's a fun. Like, yeah. if you guys aren't doing that, it's just so much fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, on uh, baptism anniversaries, mm-hmm. on feast days. It's of more reasons to eat cake. Ke- eat cake. I mean, cake, I don't know why cookies, that's a hard, a hard sell. It's not I a hard sell. I mean, ha- th- people just don't think about it sometimes.
1: Like, right. it's a feast day. Like, someone's Saint Day every day. Like,. You could make you could literally have cake every day in if honor ha- of a different saint. If
0: you have a patron saint of your family, which yeah. I, I highly recommend doing. Yeah. Is yeah. A, and, and if
1: you want to pick Mary or Joseph, you get more feast days out of it. There you go. Yeah, throughout the year.
0: Okay, the next one is uh, avoiding excess and ensuring virtue and moderation in the home. Mm. I think that's a great one. So even you know if you if you allow your kids to watch TV, we need to moderate that. Yeah. Uh, you know if you allow yeah. your kids to you know do certain things that may. Uh, take them away from reality, in a sense, we need to moderate that.
1: And we cannot forget that these rules apply to us as well. It's not just about our kids. You're right. Because remember what we said, that the sins of the father open gateways to the children. So if we're not moderating ourselves, then um, those temptations can now pass to our children And make it more difficult for them to learn and exercise uh, the habit of moderation. So we have to look at ourselves in this Yep. The father's example
0: is the insistence on living the life of virtue. Self-discipline and moderation will add critical spiritual protection over the family. So it starts with with the father. The last one, we're going to make this. Ensuring that the discipline of children is both loving and just. And I think that's very important. Yep. I mean, the reason why we discipline our kids is in love.
1: Because we love them. And
0: we're trying to form their appetites towards the true, the good, and the beautiful. Father
1: Ray Garindi, when he was here, he said something that either you discipline your children or the world will. Because the police don't care whether or not they were disciplined as a children they will they will exercise the discipline and it will be in the like jail jail time or whatever right you know so we have to discipline our children if we love them the bible says that god disciplines those he loves and that the, you know so like the discipline of god is is a blessing yep um, and so we have to teach our children virtue
0: so if you want to uh, go read this yourself again theslayingdragonsbook.com uh, this has been a lot of fun. This is a first time on the episode, so thank you to everybody in Phoenix. Was, the hospitality was wonderful. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus.